Greetings and welcome to episode 243 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly news and culture video game podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined, as always, by a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) It's Friday. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. How are you all doing? (laughs) Cardio? <laughs> Is that what that means? Well, I'm back on the diet, Amy. Okay. Went back cool. on it. Yes, oh. I went back on it. I've uh, I sponged a little bit over January, maybe a little bit in December as well. <sighs> January is yeah, was a month and a half for me, and I think. But um, yeah, I've with me and my partner back on it. Drinking like nine liters of water a day now, flushing the system, Cheers. keeping the Keeping the the immune system working over time, getting it working and all like that. Doing the exercises, doing the the healthy lifestyle. I was already eating reasonably healthy anyway. I was I'm a ve- I'm vegan anyway, so I was already eating reason healthy anyway. So, but yes, I mean, back on it. Amy. Everyone's allowed overindulge in December because you know it's Christmas. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, you're still allowed. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. Hanukkah. Then every other version of people who don't serve, serve, <laughs> celebrate Christmas. People who do not serve the one Lord, whichever Lord we that all may be. We the one Lord. Um, we'll give up great video games this year. <laughs> at some point, I hope. Um. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, the way your January went, I, I don't blame you at all <laughs> for just pigging out. Whatever. Just a little bit, yeah. Whatever. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. But I'm um, not. Yeah, back on it. So yeah, feeling good. I've had back a good week. It. I've got full for first full week back at college, which is funny because next week I'm not at college. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's half term for us now. We're off for a week, so I'm just like, hey, I'm coming back at the right time. No, 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 coming back next week would have been coming back at the right time. She'd be like, oh, I'm back. That's... Oh, wait, where is everyone? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? Yes. Teach, where are you gone? <laughs> wait, why is everyody leaving? <laughs> um, yeah, cool. That's good. That's good. How's your week been? Uh, snowy. Oh hell yeah! Oh my goodness! Oh god, yeah! Like, it's funny that like I meant to go, I meant to go on walks this week, then the weather happened, and I was like, nah. So we're just so basically we're just like walking around the house, <laughs> up down the stairs, back up, up down the stairs, back up, doing as best as best we can, basically to just get the get the body moving and everything. But oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was snow. expecting that when I'm disappointed by the amount of snow we got. Because like everybody was like, "It's the it's the big storm with all the snow," and I was like, "Oh god, this is gonna be good." And then it was like a little bit, and then nothing, and then a little bit, and then nothing, and then a little bit, and then nothing. And it was just like, "Take <sighs> you not even trying, snow. Come on." <laughs> I did see like a bunch of bunch of people with their kids doing uh doing whole like sledding down the hills. You know, and the kids go out and sled down the hills and all the parents stand at the top with no masks on. 
less than two meters apart. You know, the usual stuff. <laughs> Going, oh man, I can't believe this lockdown's lasted so long. Well, wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a mask! <laughs> but this isn't a weather report. This is the Words About Games podcast. And this week, we've got some things to talk about. As always. As always. It's a good job. So imagine if there was just no news one week. That'd be weird. That'd just, be an interesting episode. Happened. That ever happens. Like, nothing happened. Like, nothing. <laughs> you just scrape in the bottom of the barrel for, like, just trying to find anything. Like, yeah. Like the final week of freaking before we went off for Christmas, we were just thinking, hey, probably start quieting down. Nah, 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 nah. Big game had to come out and then decide to be a dick <laughs> <laughs> and ruin everything for yeah, everybody so... everywhere. I was te- some someone was texting me like, oh, did you play Cyberpunk? And I was like, no, I didn't play Cyberpunk. And they were like, oh, it was really good, apart from all the bugs. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. Like. I couldn't even muster the strength to pretend to be interested in 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 someone talking to me about cyberpunk, like and being like, "Yeah, I really liked it." And I was just like, "Oh, God, whatever." Like, <laughs> did, oh, you said so. You said talked about something completely separate in the next text message. I'll just reply to that one and ignore the cyberpunk one because I'm just I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of enthusiasm for even talking about any of it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> At this point. Um, but in this week's episode, we're discussing the ESA's plans for E3 2021. Warner Brothers patenting a gameplay, a gameplay mechanic. We'll actually talk about it this week. Because <laughs> I said that in the yeah, opening of last week. That last week yeah. And I scrolled down the, the thing too far and didn't notice. Until I was doing the timestamps for the video. And then I was like, oops. <laughs> I must have scrolled, scrolled down too far. But it's fine. Because... People are still talking about it, so... No, it's fine, because in last week's episode, it would have been like, well, they're trying. But then they succeeded. <laughs> so then it's like, well, we just talk about them succeeding and how terrible that is. Uh, also, Riot Games CEO is being sued for sexual harassment. Um, that's not a... I didn't forget to delete anything. This That is a new story. Um, yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and more more things as well Uh, there are timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube as well as in the descriptions of wherever you get the podcast if you listen to it as an audio podcast so you know you can skip around check out what we talk about see if there's anything that you specifically want to hear about, watch the whole podcast backwards we don't mind, we're just happy that you're here do some cardio while you're there. You don't have to do cardio. Like, if you listen to this podcast on a bus, do not do what Mooney's doing right now, which is, like, you know, you'd, you'd end up punching people left and right. Don't, you don't have to do that. It's fine. This isn't a workout podcast. <laughs> do the bolt. Nobody, nobody has to has to work out along with us. Like, you know, like, not, even I don't, I'm not doing it. That was enough. That was enough. I'm done. Stay hydrated, ladies and gentlemen. Stay hydrated. You should always stay hydrated. Because then you can get lots of exercise. Peeing all the time. It's great. Love it. Um, So we talking about some video game stuff? 
Well, we're here for we're here for that, so I guess why not? Yeah, we could just talk about some TV or something. You know, you've been watching right, recently. Let's, like, <laughs> let's talk about TV. Okay, what's happening TV? Gee, I wonder. Is he sacked somebody? I wonder if anything interesting <laughs> has happened in the world of TV. <laughs> Anyone gets fired for being a horrible person? <clears throat> E3 2021 may be digital, as ESA says it's transforming the gaming showcase. This is from Taylor Lyles over at The Verge. He writes, The Entertainment Software Association has announced that E3 2021 is happening this year, and it could be going digital, according to Video Games Chronicle. The event will be held from June 15th through June 17th. Quote, We can confirm that we are transforming the E3 experience for 2021, an ESA spokesperson told The Verge. And we'll soon share exact details on how we're bringing the global video game community together. End quote. According to Video Games Chronicle, the ESA has outlined its plans for E3 2021 with intentions to hold multiple two hour keynote sessions from games partners, an award show, a preview night on June 14th, plus some small streams from various games publishers, influencers, and media partners. Video Games Chronicle also notes that the ESA's outline proposes that the broadcast event would be supplemented by media previews the week before, and game demos slated to appear at the event would be released on consumer platforms. The ESA would also allow partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across, quote, thousands of scheduled meetings. While the entire plan sounds ambitious, it still requires approval from the ESA's membership, which is made up of some of the industry's biggest companies, which also hold significant influence over the structure of the event. Traditionally, E3 has been one of the biggest weeks in the gaming industry, with the event showcasing some of the year's largest announcements. However, in recent years, the ESA has faced pressure with redefining E3 as major publishers, such as Sony, have opted to skip the event entirely in favour of hosting its own, week, its own events around the week E3 is normally held. Following E3's cancellation, many digital events were held to fill the void, most notably Summer Games Fest hosted by industry veteran Jeff Keighley. This is the first time the ESA is holding E3 after the organisation cancelled E3 2020 due to concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic, but E3 is not the only event that plans to go digital this year due to the pandemic. Activision Blizzard plans to host an online-only BlizzCon from February 19th through February 20th. They're going to go digital, we know they are. I mean, yeah, it's like they might go digital. Um, if you looked outside lately, guys, you've definitely yeah. gone digital. Yeah, you're going digital, even if, like... Like, I know, like, they probably were looking at the, the Super Bowl over the weekend. They had 25,000 people there, but they were all inoculated and were all social distancing and wearing masks and everything. Uh, E3 is nine times out of ten. Let's go there. The IGNs, the game spots, the kind of funnies, the game informers, formers, and everyone else. Um, they basically all could all say... One of them out of each out each outlet is all going to come back ill. Like that's just the general and that's just general a process that happens at E three. You go to E three, you're probably going to come back with the E three plague, or someone is anyway. Now you throw into the con now you throw in the context of there's an actual plague out there going around destroying the planet and stopping everyone having a normal life. No, of course they're going to go full digital. We all know they are. Don't even put it in the byline. We might go this. Shut up. Shut up. Nah, what Shut a, up. I, I think, I honestly believe the ESA, right, is incompetent enough to try to, to put on E3 2021 as a, <clears throat> as a, as a convention. 
and the not online convention. Way, I really do like yeah. the only way they can do a quote-unquote convention. First, I apologize for putting in the first time there. Um, is that they only allow the news outlets go, and even then, it's still dicey because that are still hundreds of people going. And for me, you would have to say all of them need to be vaccinated. All of them would have to be. For me, that's the only way the ESA should allow anything like this to happen, and that's the only, and those are the only people who should be allowed to go anyway uh, at this moment in time. But I still wouldn't do it. I know what you're saying, ESA. They are incompetent as hell, and they are probably trying to the damnedest to try and do something where people can come. And we know, we all know, we both agree that we know they are. But uh, come on, man, seriously, this is uh, no, just, just, just. Just, just know, Microsoft are going. Uh, said they're going full digital. They said they're not going to do any live events for the next eighteen months. That was sometime last year. They said that they said they won't be at E three this year doing the normal E three. It's going to be a digital event from them. They say. So if they're going to do it, you can do it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't don't. Hopefully they just they don't. I have no faith in the ESA, but let's see. The um, E three being back is is gonna be maybe cool. I don't know. It depends what E three actually is at this point. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Like until they come out and say whenever, like I said, they said in a couple of weeks or whatever, and or shortly or whatever they said in it, they're gonna talk about it soon. soon. We'll share details soon. How soon is soon? It's good. Like we're in February now. We'll be in March in a couple of weeks' time, and then we're only four months away from you, sweetheart. So, D3, you got to hurry the hell up if you want to actually do uh, ESA. The ESA, you need to hurry the hell up to actually do anything here. But, um, <clears throat> that's a whole thing right now. Like, I can appreciate you want to do this. This is obviously this, the, this whole E3 affects so many, so many things of not just games industry, but also helps so many industries to, to plan out. To, to bring in a lot of revenue for like people coming to stay at hotels and buying foods well, and coming to do all the constructions and everything. I know that's, that's a lot of revenue for a lot of people to do that, and that's a lot of jobs missing out. I can appreciate that, but you got for me at the same moment in time. I would speak. This is me basically speaking, not just to the ESA, but basically everybody. Just take the hit, this extra hit this year again. Take uh -huh. the hit. We can survive. So, okay, so that was that was me trying to segue that into a discussion about E3 was too salt. So let me try that again. What do you think the online E3 is going to be like this year, Moody? <laughs> I try to subtly guide us towards it. My apologies. <laughs> it's okay. It's a it's a point <laughs> worth repeating. It's fine. That's true. <laughs> um, multiple two hour hope, keynotes. You, you, you would hope there's some kind of conferences where there's. Proper things that get a proper reference that like this from studios, Ubisoft's, the EAs, the maybe Microsoft does turn up and does a thing at E3, doing the E3 thing like they did last time. EA like aren't even technically there; they do their own thing just during E3 type of thing. Ubisoft, maybe PlayStation decide to say they're going to do something not with E3, but they're going to do it around the same time, like they normally. Like, I think maybe they do that. Who knows? Like, there's a lot of things going on right now. It's going to be fascinating. It'll go through a lot of key spe key keynote speaks. So, which interesting people wants to come on and talk about their games? <laughs> Who's got games? Who's got games? You got games? You got games? You got games? 
don't the know. thing is about when it comes to keynotes, it's interesting for like you and me because like we 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 don't just play games. We we research about the games. We absorb about them. We do, we and I'm not saying everyone not everyone does this. Well, um, nine times out of ten, when people watch them, they're just like they just they rarely listen. <laughs> uh, like the point, if there's just pop, there's people there who are going in. Oh my god, I'm learning from the master here who did the best coding ever, or whatever, or is one of the best environmental artists, or who's just a legend in directing for a game, and you know, and it's just like I am, I am not worthy type of thing. But there's someone that's just, just there because they're a fan, but they're not really listening at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine they're gonna have the big guns of whatever. Whoever wants to turn up, Microsoft doing a digital again. event, for example. Maybe maybe Sony comes back because you know they do a state of play. Or what? That's what it's called, right? PlayStation. Yeah, they just it's, it's they a do a PlayStation right now, Direct yeah. and Microsoft do an Xbox Direct and Nintendo do an Nintendo well, you, Direct. Well, we got to think that all three of them are planning something soon, or plan to do something in the next say five months. Because like they've just thrown out new consoles, like well I don't know PlayStation really don't need to do that because we're going to be talking about one of the things in a bit shortly down further down the timeline about it. So really PlayStation don't really need to if they didn't want if they don't want to. Well no no one needs to if they don't want to. But also yeah, we I mean how many times have we been around and around doing this? It's like if PlayStation don't do it and Xbox do all the talk is about Xbox. That's true. <laughs> like, that <is> true. <laughs> Like, so, uh, you know, um, well, whoever, whoever all turns three up of them is... are going to do something soon in the next four months, guaranteed. Yeah, take it to the bank. Yeah, hopefully, it's a just it's around at E3. The um, I don't know, like, my will was broken a little bit by the Summer Games Fest last year because it was just it was so long <laughs> and there were so many different things, and eventually, it was just like started repeating itself where it would be like here's the trailer for this game it's like i've seen this i saw this three yeah. months ago in this other game showcase and now i'm seeing it again great it's like i just watched the e the epic games showcase yeah or i tried um <laughs> the first what the summit game fest proved to us was that we're only there for two or three things and that is was the the conferences slash state of play slash Microsoft event things that we all wanted to see. All the other little things, sadly, we were just not there for. And we did enjoy some of the things. Like, No, I'm always there the... for it. The, yeah, but The problem the... is when it's spread out over four months and it's like, yeah. okay, now you get to watch this in June, but now you get to watch this in August. And it's like, yeah. okay. And then there's this other thing and it's like, all right, okay, cool. Like, if when it's all con- concentrated in a one massive burst, that I can pay attention to for a week. Maybe it's just my ADD. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah. hot concentrate well, on something is, for four months. The thing is also we're used to getting pretty much all the information within the next, within three, four days of each other. Obviously, when E3 happens, and obviously E3 wasn't last year, and it was spread out over four months. Now, I'll shout out this. Respect to Jeff Keighley for what he did. He worked his ass off to do it. But my goodness, like we all, we all agreed by the end of it, it was like, Wow, this feels long just to get to this information. PlayStation, what are you doing? Where are you? Oh, we're going here. Okay, fine. We have a date. What? Blah blah, and type of this. Oh, Microsoft, you're going to do this, etc. So it was. Oh, it was long like, by yeah, the end Microsoft, of it. Yeah, we're going to do three showcases, and then they do them. And it's just like this could have been one showcase. Yeah, and it would and have been really good. At the same time, it's like <laughs> Nintendo, where you at? 
Nintendo was like, we're, we're, we're okay, we're, 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 t- we're soaking in that um, Animal Crossing money, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you get, by the time we got to Gamescom, and then I remember watching Gamescom last year, and I was just not, I wasn't there for it, Mooney. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like, it was meant to be the big finale, but it was like, it's like that TV show that goes on for like 10 seasons, and you're binging it, and it's like, you love like the first four or five seasons, they're amazing. And then you watch the rest of it because you know you you're already you're invested, invested and and you want to watch it, but it's not quite as good. And then by the time you get to the end, it's just like, is this over yet? <laughs> Can I stop watching this yet? That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like with the yeah. with the summer games fest. And then like by the time there was an actual break between Gamescom and the Game Awards, I came back for the game. You came back for the Game Awards, being like, yeah, okay, I'm ready for new game information. <laughs> It was that one. It, it turns yeah. out you can have too much of a good thing. <laughs> you really can, yeah. So E3, come back. Get Jeff Keighley back. Do the awards thingy with him, but have him doing the whole producing to presenting thingy and let him and just yeah, just give just give him rain, man. Just give him rain. You gotta think they're probably talking, or at least they've spoken a little bit, because I know they left he left in they but Maybe the talk, and he's like, "Okay, I need your help here. You need my help. What can we do to try and sort things out here to make it a weak event for everyone to get all the information out that what they need to know? So the gamers get what they want, you get what you want, and I get what I want. Blah blah blah. And we, we get a podcast. <laughs> and we we get to watch it. And we get to watch and make podcasts. Sounds and great. Yeah. Be like you thumbs More up, sounds. thumbs down, whatever. And maybe we go." You're breathtaking. <laughs> At least something came good out of that part. <laughs> Let's move on. Why not? Warner Don't forget about this one now. Brothers finally secures <laughs> patent for Shadow of Mordor's Nemesis system. Oh, even just reading the headline. This is from James Batchelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. He writes... Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment has has been issued a patent for the Nemesis AI system found in Middle-earth Shadow of Mordor, and it's secret. I think that's meant to be sequel. It says secret. I copied this directly from GamesIndustry.biz, and it says secret. Uh, IGN. GamesIndustry.biz, like, come on, man. It's awkward. IGN reports the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office released an issue notice last week, although at the time of writing, the notice appears to be offline. According to IGN, the patent protects the Nemesis characters, Nemesis forts, social vendettas, and followers in computer games. This encompasses a hierarchy of procedurally generated NPCs that interact with and remember the player's actions. The patent also covers changes to the NPCs' positions in the hierarchy, as well as their appearance and behavior, again based on the actions of the player. Finally, it includes the social conquest battles from the 2017 Shadow sequel Shadow of War, which allowed players to use these NPCs to defend their own strongholds and attack those of other players. The patent will go into effect on February 23rd. The week away. And providing they continue paying the fees could be maintained until 2035. Any developers who build game features that include all of the above aspects or enough to risk infringing the patent must purchase a license from Warner Brothers. Money. Um, yeah, this, this sucks. Do this you remember how cool the Nemesis system was? Yeah, they haven't touched it since. <laughs> they haven't done anything with it. Nope. There's probably not you... going to be another Shadow game for a very long time. Nope. 
they just clearly uh, they knew they had a good thing and they threw out a terrible sequel in Shadow of War and oh, and that's just the game in general I'm not even talking about the bloody predatory microtransactions they threw in it just the game in general was just crap well the, the, I mean to rewind my brain back to 2017 when I reviewed the game the problem wasn't that the game necessarily was bad. The problem was that the the way it was the way the nemesis system, which was the main thing in the game, like of how of like pushing the game forward, was yeah. built to encompass loot boxes, broke the entire game. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There was a lot of things, but yeah. Um, so basically, that means every company now is going to try and pattern the thing that they created years ago to try and stop, Imagine. so they can so they can get raking a lot of money from every single developer. But on the planet except no one's gonna do that yes they're not <laughs> like no one's um, gonna buy a, a license for a, a nemesis style system from warner brothers warner brothers isn't gonna do warner brothers didn't even create the nemesis system i just want to point out that was monolith um and also like yeah no one's gonna do it so the nemesis system is dead like no one like that's it it's done it's finished yeah. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not. No one's gonna buy it. No one's gonna try and pay a license for it. No one's gonna do any of these things that one above us think they're gonna. They're probably thinking, "Oh, we're so smart. We're now gonna get money from people who want to use it to nothing." And maybe nope. people have asked to use it in nothing like that, and thinking, "Oh, we might be able to do something like this to pattern it." Well, no, um, no, but now, otherwise... as they know it's patterned, they're just gonna be like, "Nah, man." Because this is why no one's made a game with similar features in the past five years. There's that as well, yeah. Because because obviously they've been chasing the pattern, and if they get the pattern, then they would have to pay. So they haven't done it, and now hmm. it's done. One of the most yeah, interesting, yeah. one of the most, one of the few interesting new gameplay mechanics of of the last generation, and that, and it's done. Two games and done, and the second game, you you fucking you fucking destroyed it because you decided to monetize it. I think it's gonna be the next the uh, the Gotham Knights thing. Congratulations. Like it was, like yeah, it would be great in a Batman game. Like, I don't, know they put it in, I don't know whether they're going to put it in that. Like, they haven't said anything. I think if they, if I think if it was in, they would have said by now. So, imagine, I imagine, um, it would have been mentioned because it's a big deal. It like it would yeah. be a big deal if they did that. Yeah, uh, Warner Brothers, congratulations! You want to be a dick? All right, congratulations. yeah. Well, it's like Goodbye. it's not it's like of all the games. That they could have spun a pattern off. It had to be Shadow of, of Mordor. Which, let's be fair, borrows for highly liberally from several other video games. It like if it, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Anyone? Which are... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, many. So many games. Yeah. This is the thing. Actually, every single game steals from something. That's the thing about it's it. It's not stealing, it's, it's iteration. It's how a creative industry yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine if the person who used CGI in in the first whatever the first time, like they used CGI in a movie, and then the studio and then the studio that owned it was like, well, we've patented CGI, like <laughs> it is ours. <laughs> That's yeah. it. It's it's ours. No one else can use CGI. It's like it's the same thing here. Like, if Assassin's Creed had, had, had patented like the third person free running. That they originally used when they originally made Assassin's Creed. Because I remember that was their big thing. Shadow of Mordor wouldn't have even existed. <laughs> because that that game is, is Assassin's Creed with <laughs> with a nemesis system and a lot of the rings filter over it. And 
I'm deeply angry by I'm deeply annoyed by this. <laughs> and if other companies start following suit, like video games are gonna get really shit really fast. Because no one's gonna be able to do anything. <laughs> That's the thing about it, yeah. Hopefully this will not like I know um shout out to Jim Sterling's video, he says that they say, sorry. Uh the Nando Bingo, they had a pattern apparently. Which oh, just, on loading just, screens. Just ran out of, games yeah, and loading just, screens. Yeah. Yeah. That's why but you can have games and loading screens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, but that's run out now, I think they said on the video. So yeah, it's. Oh. I haven't watched that yet. But uh, yeah, I know about the pattern, about loading screen. Yeah. Give me any games. Spoilers for a little bit of the video. My apologies. It's a great video still. Okay. Go and support them. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's a, uh, uh, it's crap. It's crap. What, what more can we say? It's crap. I let's mean, just hope it doesn't. Let's just hope it doesn't uh, make of like what you said that the dark, a dark line that other companies try and do. It's a precedent. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um. If you see other companies starting to do this, video games are in trouble. Um, oh. Next story. <laughs> Riot Games CEO sued for sexual harassment. This is from Jody McGregor over at PC Gamer. He writes, Last month, former Riot Games employee Sharon O'Donnell filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against both the company and its CEO, Nicolo Laurent. Laurent? Laurent. Laurent. Laurent? Laurent. A copy of the complaint was obtained by Vice Games. Before being fired in July of 2020, O'Donnell acted as Laurent's executive assessment. The suit alleges that, among other things, Laurent told O'Donnell to be more feminine, asked if she could handle him when they were alone at his house, and told her that she could come over to his house when his wife was away, obviously implying that they should have sex, because come is... Y you know, you get it. The lawsuit also alleges that Laurent suggestively described his underwear size, said that, quote, his wife was jealous of beautiful women, quote, end quote, and bizarrely told women working at Riot that they should deal with the stress of COVID-19 pandemic by having children. The lawsuit claims that after resisting Laurent's alleged advances, O'Donnell was punished by not being paid for overtime or given meal breaks and then fired. A spokesperson for Riot disputed this, telling Vice that, quote, the plaintiff was dismissed from the company over seven months ago based on multiple, well-documented complaints from a variety of people, end quote. Riot tells Vice that it has initiated an investigation into O'Donnell's other claims and that because the accused is an executive leader, the investigation will be handled by an outside law firm and overseen by a special committee from the company's board of directors. Quote, our CEO has pledged his full cooperation and support during this process, and we're committed to ensuring that all claims are thoroughly explored and appropriately resolved. End quote. After Kotaku published a report on the culture of sexism at Riot Games in 2018, the company was sued for gender discrimination in a class action lawsuit. Riot agreed to pay $10 million to settle, divided among the roughly 1,000 women who worked at the studio between November 2014 and the time the settlement was finalised. That offer was later withdrawn after the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a document proposing that the plaintiffs were more, suggesting the amount be raised to over $400 million. I kept that last paragraph in, just, you know, I know we only talked about it last week, but 
I feel like it was worth remembering in the context of all of the rest of the... I'm just writing in my notes for future me. Do not apply for a job at Riot Games. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. If you did not already know that. (laughs) (laughs) Future me would eat too, pass me. Yeah, it's... uh, Oh, for God's sakes, man. Seriously, Riot Games, man. Come on, man. You've got one of the biggest games in the world... And you've got one of the shittest companies, you're the one of the shittest companies out there who has a CEO who allegedly has done said uh, vile, disgusting things to women, suggest to to his ex assistant, as a former assistant, to come over, possibly to have sex, implying it basically. You can see it in the words and everything. Then sit, then basically saying, yo, women go out and just get pregnant during COVID-19, basically. It's like, come on, man, seriously? Come on. This is like... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I know, I know. It's just like, you're a piece of shit. And I know there's the bit here where it's like, well, no. Riot Games, no, we've... Like, that wasn't a thing. We fired the plaintiff, um... For completely legitimate reasons, like uh, I'm sure you did. Um, I'm running out of things to say. It's all right, games. To be perfectly frank, like games, you suck. The investigation will be handled by an outside law firm, but will be overseen by a special committee from the company's board of directors. Gee, I wonder what the results of this investigation are going to be. Like, just a, just like another certain trial that's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh yeah, it's totally impartial. It's being overseen by the board of directors. They don't have a vested interest in uh, not finding any information in this whatsoever. And you know what? That some people might look at that what I've just said and go, "Amy, yeah, yeah, that's really cynical." How dare you? And I go, "Listen, you haven't been talking about Riot Games since 2018." <laughs> About how shitty they are. That's just airy. I've been reading since last year, basically, since I when I came fully on board with you and everything. But my goodness, yeah, it's it's like always like once every three months, we always get a badgering of stories about the bloody company. It's like, oh God, six months seriously. Why do you have to suck? Why? I don't. I don't like. You've got one of the biggest games in the world who consistently has some of the biggest numbers on Twitch, consistently is one of the biggest esports games, consistently one of the most played games in the world, and you've got some vile, disgusting people who run your flipping company. Like, seriously. What the hell? I have to... That, but my thing is about it, my... my the thing that keeps going in my head is that I have to speak to the people who work there, who are just normal people. Why the hell are you still there? And don't give us the crap of, I am passionate about this game. I am passionate about this company or anything like that. If I heard, if I was at a company and this was going on, I would have literally freaking left and called everyone who was out for the shit. Um. It's like, 
I don't know. I have, I have to ask that. Why are you all still there? I think some people might be passionate about getting paid. Like, money. <laughs> well, it's called you find your job first before you just walk out. Right? <laughs> not saying I'm walk just, out without a job. I'm just throwing Obviously, it out there. I'm just find throwing a job, it out there. Then leave. As someone who has received that advice, well, why don't you just find a different job? Like, <laughs> Thank you for correcting me with, with, with the statement I was saying there. Uh, what I mean is yes, find a job, then leave. But my goodness, man, come on, man. There's a level here, like this game, this company's been shut on since 2018. As and it's not and it's had to what I can remember, nothing good has come out about them since 2018. It's always been about something they've tried to do or something that has happened or some lawsuits or some sexual harassments, abuses, racism, whatever, the whole freaking shebang basically from them. It's all there for them and it just constantly keeps happening. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of terrible companies, Ubisoft are moving away from reliance on AAA releases. This is from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Who writes, <laughs> Ubisoft doesn't want to be as reliant on AAA game releases as it has in the past. There's an existential question there about what constitutes a AAA. Like, Ubisoft is a AAA video game publisher. Any game they release is a AAA game. Yeah, okay. Uh, and will instead look more closely at free-to-play games and its back catalogue to make money. In an earnings call following the company's Q3 financial results, the publisher said that its plans for fiscal 2022, the period from April 2021 to through to March 2022, included three AAA game releases, but that in the future, Ubisoft didn't want AAA games to be the focus of its business model as a AAA publisher. Quote, we said for a number of years that our normal template is to come with either three or four AAA games, so we'll stick to that plan for fiscal 2022, said CFO Frederick Douay. But we see that we are progressively, continuously moving from a model that used to be only focused on AAA releases to a model where we have a combination of strong releases from AAA and strong back catalogue dynamics, but also complementing our program of new releases with free-to-play and other premium experiences. End quote. Which I assume are all AAA games because they're a AAA publisher. I don't think I'm going to let that one go. He went on to specify that the company had a number of titles, AAA and otherwise, in the pipeline, naming Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Skull and Bones, Riders Republic, The Prince of Persia, Sands of Time Remake, and Roller Champions. He also. Seven games in it, yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, yep. Seven, seven AAA six, games there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like, just because Roller Champions isn't an open-world sandbox bollocks doesn't mean it's not a AAA game by a AAA publisher. He also nodded to a previously announced Assassin's Creed mobile game plan to come to China with the help of Ubisoft investor Tencent, which he said was a part of the company ramping up its investment and interest in free-to-play games, especially on mobile. Mobile currently makes up about 9% of the company's total business. Quote, 
In fiscal 2022, we will continue our evolution from a AAA release-centric model towards a model where AAA stands alongside new premium and free-to-play innovative innovative experiences across platforms. These diverse experiences will feed on each other throughout complementary gameplay and business models, end quote. Notably, there wasn't a single mention on the call about Ubisoft's free-to-play Battle Royale Hyperscape, which flopped tremendously at launch and is currently undergoing an overhaul. Elsewhere in the call, CEO Yves Gilmore also noted that the company's back catalogue, or it's already released games that are still bringing in revenue long-term, will also play a heavier role in the company's revenues in the future, and already are. As an example, six-year-old Rainbow Six Siege added 15 million new players in the last 12 months, growing to 70 million total players since launch and is still a major revenue driver for the publisher. Quote, We are continuing to move towards an increasingly pronounced recurrence of our revenues on the back of growing audiences, said Gilmore. Therefore, we expect our highly profitable back catalogue to account for an even larger share of our business going forward. End quote. End article, Moody. I also noticed they didn't mention anything about that in ongoing investigation about years and years of sexual harassment and abuse in the workplace. That they covered up for like a decade. Yeah, see, the CEO's still there, so yeah. yeah. It's like the one guy who really should be gone from this company. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's get into the the, re- the weeds of this. So basically what I hear from this is that they want to go to free-to-play games so they can microtransaction the shit out of it. Which are still AAA games. That are still AAA games, yes. Because if you're trying to do an Apex League, that is still a AAA game, ladies and gentlemen. Was, it, even though it's, it's free-to-play. <laughs> Fortnite, mate, Fortnite is a AAA game, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> even though it's free-to-play. Fortnite isn't a AAA game because it's free. Like, fuck off, mate. Come no, on. I said it. I said it is. No, no, not you. I'm not telling you. Oh, to fuck, fuck off! I was thinking. Did I'm I say that? I was thinking, I'm telling Ubisoft to fuck off. Like, oh you know, yeah, okay, off, yeah. Mate. It's a pull the other one. Amy was already gone when it came to Ubisoft. I'm out. I'm done. Way before I think the whole sexual things came out, you were already pretty much gone from them anyway because of loads of other shit. Um, the games they released last year, like the games, they as were much releasing. as you, some of you may have loved, like I know a friend of mine, Scott Edmund, you loved Valhalla, but me, that game sucked. Um, Watch Dogs Three sucked, and I know a lot of people ra- praised um, that uh, Immortals game. I think everybody has a tolerance level for Ubisoft games, right? Yeah, because I feel like does. at this point we can call them Ubisoft games because they're all the yep. same fucking game over What's and that? over again. And I Sorry think... before you go on your rant, I just want to say because that's what you're going to get with your Star Wars game, ladies and gentlemen. So, like, yeah, it's like they do quirky, strange, interesting stuff, or they used to, like Rayman and Mario and Rabbids and... The UBRs games like Valiant Hearts, yeah. It's just like they do some cool quirky stuff. Now they just release the same game every few months. <laughs> or like, if it's Far- 2020, every few weeks. Yeah, you got Far Cry 6 coming sometime this year. Me and Sophia, me and Sophia, me and Amy have no hype for this game whatsoever because we know what we're getting from this game. Do you? <laughs> It's a Ubisoft game, and I'm 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 sick of pretending otherwise. Like the the you, people just have a built-in tolerance, and I reached my tolerance. And at I think I reached my tolerance. Like in 2019, I think I reached my tolerance with Ubisoft games, and I think you feel like you reached your tolerance last year, and other people will reach their tolerance for for these games because again, like they're they're the same 
experience. And I know, you know, whoa, Far Cry's a first-person shooter and Assassin's Creed's an RPG. It's like, yeah, but... The worst thing is that I'm waiting for, because I can see this happening for me in the future. I loved Origins. I loved um, Odyssey. Didn't like Valhalla. I can see the next Assassin's Creed game coming out, and I'm going, oh, my God, that was so good. And I'm just like, God damn it, you hypocrite. <laughs> so, well, the entire planet's hypocrites, ladies and gentlemen. Well, like whatever you like and not like whatever you don't like. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might pick up Assassin's Creed, whatever the fuck's next, and play it and be like, hey, this is great. I mean, it hasn't happened for six years, but, you know. Ten, I bet you right now, after the success of Ghost of Tsushima, we're getting that Samurai Assassin's Creed game. Ubisoft <laughs> is nothing if not following trends. Um, <laughs> yeah, what was we, the last We've year? listened to you. Finally. Know. After 20 years. <laughs> of everyone wanting another Samurai Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. <laughs> we Honest, give you what you want. <laughs> honestly feel like the last Ubisoft game I actually did enjoy was Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> my brain had to click there a little bit i won't lie <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you i just want to leave it hanging i just wanted to just leave it there for for, for a second you know just just let people get get to it you know yeah um okay yeah <laughs> Whatever they're going to do, whatever they're going to do. They're going to do what brings Ubisoft them more money and more money and everything like that. Oh, yeah, big style. So, like, they're revamping Hyperscape because everybody already forgot about it. Um, well, it died. They're going to rename Rainbow Six Quarantine because who the fuck's going to release a game called Quarantine in 2021? Um, they keep insisting Skull and Bones exists yeah it's going to complete rework apparently if but I they right. but they failed to mention beyond good and evil 2 <laughs> which uh strengthens the point i was making a couple of months ago with you moody uh and i'm most i think it was our most anticipated games uh discussion i think um well, you don't think Beyond Good and Evil 2? And I was like, I don't think Beyond Good and Evil 2 is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it exists. <laughs> <laughs> the guy went off the stage and said, we did it! Shit, we have to make it now! <laughs> I, yeah. It's not, nah. Um, so yeah, like, now now you see where they're like, we're making three AAA games for, for release in, in fiscal year 2022. Like, great, but now they've redefined what their games are. Like, that, <laughs> we're releasing this game, but that's the fourth game you've released this year. But it's not a AAA game. I, I beg to differ. <laughs> I, maybe The Division 3 will be a free-to-play game and it'll, it'll come out next year and they'll be like, but it's not a AAA game because it's free. Now please buy all of our DLC so you can play the game fully anyway. I don't like I I just I just All I hear is we are do we're games of service and the shit out of these things. But we're gonna make it free to make you think so you don't have to buy stuff, but we're gonna get you to buy stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, big stuff. 
Can't I'm just opening my window. Can't wait for that Star Wars game that I'm never going to play. Let's move on. Uh, I'll read this while Moody opens his window. One of the most controversial video games of the 2000s is being released. This is from Charlie Hall over at Polygon. He writes, Six days in Fallujah, the controversial shooter set during the Iraq War, is finally coming out nearly 12 years after it was first announced. According to a news release from the game's publisher, the tactical game will be based on true stories gathered from members of the military as well as Iraqi civilians who lived through the Second Battle of Fallujah in 2004. Developing the title is High Wire Games, a company created by Jamie Griezmann, game designer for Halo and infamous franchises. He's joined by Marty O'Donnell, audio director and composer on Halo and Destiny, as well as by Bungie's former design director, character, vehicle and weapon artists. The team also includes Jared Noftal, co-founder of Airtight Games, which made Murdered Soul Suspect and Dark Void. Victura, a company founded by former Bungie vice president Peter Tamty, will publish the game. Tamty was also involved in the original version of Six Days in Fallujah. Six Days in Fallujah was originally announced in 2009. At the time, it was in development as a third-person shooter at Atomic Games for PS3, Xbox 360, and Windows PC, and Konami planned to publish it. Shortly after the game's original announcement, however, multiple groups came forward to criticise the concept of the game. That backlash, which made the rounds of international media, eventually led to publisher Konami dropping out. Quote, after seeing the reaction to the video game in the United States and hearing opinions sent through phone calls and email, we decided several days ago not to sell it, end quote, a Konami spokesperson told Japanese newspaper Asahi at the time. Atomic Games was shuttered in 2011 after releasing the game Breach. Highway Games' version of Six Days in Fallujah is coming to unspecified console and PC platforms in 2021. It will be a tactical first-person military shooter. The city of Fallujah was originally taken and held by the United States military during the early weeks of the 2003 Iraq War. In 2004, the city became a hotspot, drawing in fighters from around the country and beyond. Fighting there cost countless civilian and, ins and insurgents their lives. The fractious state eventually led to the death of several private military contractors from Blackwater, USA, their bodies mutilated and dragged through the streets. The images of their corpses on from a bridge were widely shared by the international press, helping to make the city a focal point of the occupation. A siege of the city in April 2004, known as the First Battle of Fallujah, proved inconclusive. Coalition forces, which included US, British and Iraqi units, redoubled their efforts in November of that year with Operation Phantom Fury, also known as the Second Battle of Fallujah. Official records indicate more than 100... Official records indicate more than 13,000 ground troops faced off against approximately 4,000 dug-in insurgents. Thousands more civilians were trapped in between. The result was some of the fiercest urban fighting for Western forces since the 1968 Battle of Hue in Vietnam and an estimated 800 civilian deaths, according to the International Red Cross. The engagement is mired in conflict, not least of which is the contested legality of the Iraqi war itself, First-hand accounts indicate that coalition forces prevented military-aged males from leaving the city ahead of the Second Battle of Fallujah, thereby contributing to civilian deaths. Others maintain that white phosphorus munitions were used as an offensive weapons in combination with high explosives, which could put Western forces at odds with the modern rules of war. Quote, Sometimes the only way to understand what's true is to experience reality for yourself, said former Marine Sergeant Eddie Garcia, who was quoted in Thursday's news release. Garcia originally proposed the idea for Six Days in Fallujah in 2005. Not only did he participate in the battle, but was wounded during the fighting. Well, that's a bit missing from that history lesson that I just read out for you, um, where a bunch of 
there was a higher like of people live who who lived in Fallujah and people and children who were born in Fallujah had a higher rate of cancer because they coalition forces allegedly used uranium to play admunitions uh, in the battle as well so war crimes yay um I don't know what to say I knew about <laughs> the, like the, obviously the things that happened in Iraq war and everything like that but I didn't know there was a game game made about it I'm not gonna lie there was uh, and then there wasn't Obviously, it was first really ill in 2009, and then everybody kind of pointed out why it was a terrible idea to make a video game about about this. Thing. <laughs> about this. Um, and then, weirdly enough, like, the United States Army is, is pretty unpopular at the moment, and apparently recruitment numbers are at, a, at an all-time low, um, and then suddenly this tactical first-person shooter video game is coming out with lots of input from the United States military and the Department of Defense. And I'm sure those two things are completely unrelated. I don't want to touch this story. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just like, this is a hot... This is a minefield of all over the place shit. Like, I, I'm not educated on it, so I'm very... Very hesitant to say anything on it, Amy. I'm not gonna lie. That's fair enough. I can keep talking. Don't make a video game about real world war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was gonna say you and I, but I, I'm gonna talk around Mooney for a second here, and I'm gonna talk directly to to the camera, to the people watching this. You and I both know that this video game is is not going to present the United States in military in the way that they probably were in this conflict, and I'm not talking about the soldiers on the ground, because, you know, they have very little to do with the war crime that was the Iraqi war. Um, the use of white phosphorus, the civilian casualties, um, the alleged use of, sorry, the alleged use of white phosphorus, the actual civilian casualties, and the alleged use of uranium-depleted munitions, um, and the, just the general death, carnage, and murder. Like, don't make a video game about it. And especially don't make a video game glorify the American troops in that conflict, which I'm assuming what this game is going to be based on every other military game I've ever played in my entire life that wasn't called Spec Ops The Line, which incidentally was made by a German developer, not an American developer. Um, yeah. Like, there's no part of my brain that thinks that this is going to be some sort of good thing. Um... But at least, yeah, don't do it. Just, it's not worth doing. Real people died, <laughs> um, and and like this, the these some of the things that happened were war crimes. Don't make a fun video game out of it. Okay, we're done. Unbelievable. Um. It's unbelievable that these things need to be said out loud sometimes. But moving on. Cyberpunk 2077 publisher CD Projekt targeted in cyber attack. This is from Nicole Carpenter over at Polygon. He writes, CD Projekt, the company behind Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher 3, was targeted on Monday in a major cyber attack according to a statement published on Twitter. Hackers reportedly stole certain data belonging to CD Projekt Capital Group, CD Projekt said. The company said it is currently securing its servers and restoring encrypted data. 
In the ransom note published by CD Projekt, the hackers said they stole source code for Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of The Witcher 3. The group said it also accessed documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, and investor relations. CD Projekt did not confirm the data stolen, but said in a statement that no personal user data for any of its services was compromised. Polygon has reached out to CD Projekt for more information. Hackers gave CD Projekt 48 hours to initiate contact before, quote, the source code will be sold or leaked online. Your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how you shitty your company functions, the hacker said in the note. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower, end quote. CD Projekt said it will not negotiate with the hackers. It said it's aware the compromised data may be released, and the company is taking necessary steps to mitigate the consequences of such a release. CD Projekt is working with authorities and IT forensic specialists to investigate the hack. Um, history about CD Projekt Cyberpunk over the last couple of months. Uh, CD Projekt, yeah, Cyberpunk's launch company was criticized for poor management, whatever. As well as a history of transphobic marketing. And even despite all that, Moody... This is still bullshit and should never have happened. And you won't find many people who have less sympathy for CD Projekt Red than I do. And this is still bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what they these hackers were trying to do here. Like, um, it's just like they're never one. Like the the whole note sounds like it's a kid. Like a child or an immature person. Immature like, game. You're not an immature, immature person because you, you've got you're smart enough to hack into something. So you're not immature. We know you're not. And you're trying to sound trying to sound hard, I guess, or something. You're trying to sound arm oh, smart, and you see what I did to your shitty your company functions, blah blah blah, type of thing. And it's just like, come on, man, seriously. Um, as much as as much as CD Projekt Red's whole thing right now is. Reputation, everything is in the gutter and everything like that. They didn't deserve this to happen or anything. Um, the hackers, you're completely out of line. And I, the CD Project Red are right to do what they're doing here. They're just like, yo, we're not negotiating with you. Yes, we know you may release certain data of us and everything like that. Um, the the backers aren't going to be leaving anywhere, so don't worry about that. They know that they're staying. We know... They're not going to go anywhere, so I think the hackers like, what was what? What were they thinking? They're going to be able to succeed from this? I just, I, come on, man, seriously. There's stupid stories, and there's literally stupid stories, and this is just like this is a stupid story because of how stupid the hackers are coming across, <laughs> not because of how serious this thing is. This is an incredibly serious thing uh, for like CD Project. Uh, the CD Project Red in general, to their customer, to the staff, and everything like that. It's a whole, 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 whole craziness of of crap. But oh, well, it's been a weird week with news. They're just like going to get paid. That's it. Yeah, because they're going to sell the uh, source code, or they're just going to release it online. No, no, they'll sell it. They'll sell it so they can make money. But then it just goes to the thinking whoever whoever buys that, you're just like, ooh, well, we just know you. We know your shitty I mean, person as well, know. so we're not even going to be listening to you, mate. Yeah. So it's just like... Like, they'll, like the, the hackers <clears throat> don't give a shit. If someone gives them a ton of money for the source code for uh, Cyberpunk and The Witcher, they give a fuck. They'll get paid. Like, it's not me excusing it. I'm just... 
that's their motivation <laughs> to get paid for it. Um, and yeah, regardless of any other problems with Cyberpunk or CD Projekt, I have, and I have many. Um, we all have many right now, yeah. That, no, this is not cool. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems to be happening a lot. We have, we've had like, we've had this. We've had the Capcom hacks. We had, had the Naughty Dog one last year as well. Hacks. Um, and it's just stop. Just stop it. Like, I wish is they it because because the world pretty much all working from home and everything. Yeah, they don't have a safer so infrastructure than they would have work. I'm guessing. You can keep stuff on a closed network in an office building, but if everybody needs access to stuff, then I guess it's just... It's like, easy to get it's, into. It's, I'm yeah. I imagine it's not easy, but I mean, it's easier than it would be if it yeah. was on a in, in, on a server in a building. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not like, yeah, Naughty Dog could keep, it, keep their cutscenes and everything for The Last of Us Part 2 on a closed server, like a closed internal server, like on in, in the office. Like if they were all working in their office, but obviously with people working everywhere, like in all the houses and whatnot, obviously then that has to be an online situation, which is then susceptible to being hacked. Like like everything else. Just don't be a douche, ladies and gentlemen. City Project Reg might be a crappy company right now and doing being a pain in the ass, but just yeah, just don't be a douche. Like seriously. I mean, I wish, I wish, I wish. Just do you know what'd be great? Do you know what would be great, Moody? Do you know what would be really awesome? What? This podcast every week if people stopped being a dick. This podcast would be fantastic. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine an episode where we don't have to talk about sexual harassment, workplace abuse, <clears throat> war crimes, hackers? And that was just today. Yeah. That was just today. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Kowloon Knights announces litany of indie studio partnerships. This is from Eric Van Allen over at GamesIndustry.biz, who writes, Independent funding source Kowloon Knights has kicked off 2021 with a deluge of new partnerships to fund 23 new upcoming games from indie studios. These projects include new unannounced titles from Paradise Killer developer Kaizen Gameworks, Star Renegades developer Massive Damage, Oxenfree and after-party studio Night School, Oli Oli developer Roll7, Absolver developer Slowclap, and a new game from Thunder Lotus, the team behind last year's Spiritfarer. God, they're going to break our hearts again. <laughs> Kowloon Knights is also supporting several previously unannounced projects, including Rose City Games slash Picogram's Garden Story, Sabotage Studios' Sea of Stars, set in the same universe as the developer's prior project, The Messenger, and She Dreams Elsewhere, the debut project from one-person team Studios of Air. Founded in 2017, Kowloon Knight says its funding relationship with developers includes a flexible payment schedule, full creative control for studios, no sales threshold before developers start seeing revenue, and allowing developers to own their IP and sequel rights. Quote, We feel Kowloon is uniquely positioned to help developers pursue their visions while building sustainable studios. End quote, said Lindsay Rostal, a partner at Kowloon Knights. This is cool. Yeah, really I like cool. This a lot. All coming together to help each other out, uh, uh, keep do things, and it's all yeah. Yeah, I like the, the... Thunder Lotus. I don't trust your next game because you broke my heart in the last one. So, I'm my eyes are on you, in a good way. I love the last <laughs> watching game. Watching so. you, watching you for another no, game yeah. of the year contender. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, yeah, this is fantastic. This is a great little thing, like all coming together, partnering up. I mean, well I'm done, Kulun Knights. Kulun? Kowloon. Kowloon? Kowloon. Kowloon, Kowloon. It's Kowloon, yeah. I'm looking at, like, the, the games, like, they've listed here, like, the developers. Like, the number of top ten, <laughs> like, Game of the Year games, for me personally, that's just on this list. Like, Paradise Killer last year. Oxen Free, uh, years ago. Uh, obviously, Sparrow the messenger was one of my games of the year a few years ago. It's like this, like it's a sexy list. It's a sexy list of games that have all been funded with some pretty agreeable terms by the by the the looks and sounds of it, right? Like the the no sales threshold before developers start seeing revenue is is really good. Like, so under an under like under a, a standard like publishing funding agreement what happens is like you get x amount of money from your publisher and then all of the sales revenue goes into paying that back before developers start seeing a profit yeah um and that's not the case with this Kowloon Knights fund uh, development fund and that is fucking awesome it's on good. its own <laughs> like and i'm really happy that a bunch of obviously really talented indie developers have found funding it's not yes. just Microsoft doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Indie <laughs> games, who knew, right? You were supposed to say we knew. Because we knew. Oh, sorry. We knew. We knew. We knew. <laughs> you can edit that out. You can edit that out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. I'll totally I'll totally do that. Yeah, no, you will. Yeah, yeah. See if I'm going <laughs> to. The Last of Us HBO series casts Pedro Pascal as Joel, Game of Thrones breakout Bella Ramsey as Ellie. This is from Joe Otterson over at Variety, who writes, The upcoming Last of Us series adaptation at HBO has cast Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey in the role of Ellie, Variety has confirmed. Neil Druckmann, a writer and creative director for The Last of Us video game and a co-creator of the series, confirmed the news about Pascal on Twitter, writing, And there's the other half, stuck to have Pedro aboard our show. Pascal has seen great success as the star of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. He also recently appeared as alongside Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig as the villainous Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984. Ramsey is best known for her role as Liana Mormont and fellow HBO series Game of Thrones. The character Ellie is a 14-year-old orphan who has never known anything but a ravaged planet. In the show, she struggles to balance her instinct for anger and defiance with her need for connection and belonging, as well as the newfound reality that she may be the key to saving the world. Chernobyl creator Craig Mason is attached to write and executive produce the series along with Druckmann. Carolyn Strauss will also executive produce along with Evan Wells, president of game development studio Naughty Dog. PlayStation Productions' Assad, Quizzlebash, and Carter Swan will also executive produce. Kantemir Balagov is set to direct the pilot. The project is a co-production with Sony Pictures Television, PlayStation Productions, Word Games, and Naughty Dog Produce. The project is the first television series from PlayStation Productions. In addition to a scene-stealing role in Game of Thrones, Ramsey also appeared in the HBO BBC One series adaptation of his Dark Materials. Her other TV credits include voicing the lead character in animated series Hilda, as well as starring in The Worst Witch. Her feature credits include Holmes and Watson, Judy, and Resistance. Boom. So cracking cast. It's good. Pedro Pastel has been killing it as the Mandalorian. He was obviously a great standout in his 
one and only se- season of Game of Thrones, and it also was like a, g- a good standout for for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Even though the film personally was not a good film for me, I didn't think it was good. Um, but um, he was a, he was a standout, and he's also he oh he did that drug series on Netflix. Can't remember the name, but yeah, he's in that as well, and he also got a lot of shout out, shout out, and love for that as well. He, so he in, he's um, a fantastic actor. What he replaced Walton Goggins when when Community cast did that tale um, charity read <laughs> uh, during lockdown. Ah, but oh uh, yeah, he's in a, he's been absolutely fantastic in the shows he's been in and everything. Um, uh, the young girl, Bella Ramsey, like no, no, it's not her name, is it? No. Yeah, yeah, Bella Ramsey. Yeah, she was <laughs> she was a huge standout in the episode she was in Game of Thrones. When she was the littlest girl in a in a room with a bunch of tall ass men and she had the biggest dick in the room. And <laughs> that's how awesome she was as a character. And um you can only imagine so if she brings us a half as what she brought to with that one character there to what she and play and brings it to Ellie. We're gonna have an amazing, different, unique Ellie that they're gonna to bring to bring to life here that she could bring to their life. And yeah, I think the this is a crack cast a lot. And throw in the the creator of uh, the Chernobyl show, creator Craig Manson. Oh god, that's that's just just like whew. this is building up to be one of the one of my most hyped series whenever it's coming. With oh, them, you gotta think if they've got the cast, or they've got their main two. You gotta think they're gonna be going into production soon for this. So, if they can, obviously, but um, we'll see what happens. Today, I learned Pedro Pascal was also in Dishonored Two. Oh, I did not, I did not, <laughs> no, know, I did that. not know that either. Um, yeah, um, yeah, it's a TV show based on a video game. So, I'm keeping my expectations low, but I'm looking forward to watching it. You know, like TV shows. Are but like TV shows based on video games have been killing it recently. Um, I was started watching, no, and this is this is no joke. This was on Netflix. I started watching Sonic Boom on Netflix. It's like ten minute episodes. Um, it's pretty decent, actually. I mean, you know, for a kids' cartoon about Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, it's pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty good. I like, you know, it's like it's like 50 episodes a season or something. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like... Yeah, but a, it's only 10 episodes a episode, so what? It's like, it's like uh, it's probably three like hours? A, probably like a normal season, but fucking a bajillion episodes for some reason. Anyway. Anyway. Terraria cancelled on Stadia after developer gets locked out of his Google accounts. This is from Owen S. Good over at Polygon. He writes, The co-creator of Terraria has called off development of the game for Google Stadia following a three-week stretch where he has been inexplicably locked out of all of his Google accounts. Andrew Springs gave the ultimatum early Monday after getting no response from Google since YouTube locked him out of his account in mid-January. The lockout has also cost Springs access to apps he's purchased on Google Stadia, wiped the data he stored in Google Drive, and terminated a Gmail account he's used for more than 15 years. Uh, here's a quote from the two tweets that, I wrote that, uh, that was in the article. 
my phone has lost access to thousands of dollars of apps on Google Play. I just bought Lord of the Rings in 4K and can't finish it. My Google Drive data is completely gone. I can't access my YouTube channel. The worst of all is losing access to my Gmail address of over 15 years. I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this no other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is cancelled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. Spring said he brought this to the attention of Google around January 16th, and the company has done nothing but given me the runaround since then. That was a quote. The game's official Twitter account tried to call YouTube's attention to the problem back in January, with apparently no help forthcoming. Two days ago, fans noted that Terraria had gotten a rating and released date for Google Stadia from Europe's Peggy Ratings Agency. The only official word that Terraria was in works for the streaming platform came with Spring's cancellation announcement on Monday. Uh, Polygon reached out and didn't get a response from Google. Uh, Terraria is one of the games available when Google launched its Google Play Pass, basically the Android version of Apple Arcade, in the fall of 2019. Terraria, published by 505 Games, is still available on the Google Play Store. Whoops. Google did an oops. Thing is, it's... What's not, but it's... Uh, they can fix this. They can fix. They can go into the they whatever they've done. They've done something to stop him being able to get to his films, his shows, his Google Drive, and everything like that. And they should be able just to go in and fix this, unless it's a fundamental problem that they just don't want to tell him about for some weird reason, or if it's because of what's happening with Google Cedia, or whatever. Like, and as they're not speaking, it's just and we're going off one person. He gets just like we're going to side with the person who's speaking right now. Google, like, come on. You're, the, you're a trillion dollar company. You can come out and literally just say, our bad, we're going to get this sorted for you as fast as possible. Or, fuck you, we don't want to. Or something like that. We don't care. Just which side do you want here? We don't know Google Stadia. Come on, man. Well, it's not um, like, they, it's not like they've, um, they've, they've, they've terminated it. They've been like, you know what? Because we're not doing Stadia anymore. See last week's podcast. Like we're not, not going to do this, publish this game on Stadia anymore. They've just been yeah. like, nah, all your stuff's been locked in, deleted. Like, I mean, if Stephen Crowder still has a YouTube channel, there's no reason Andrew Sphinx should be locked out of his Google account. Oh, definitely, yeah. There's a ton of people who should not have a YouTube channel right now. And I know, I just went for the one, the first one that came into my head. Of <laughs> like, who's who do I who's say? Who's a dick? Who's a dick on YouTube? Yeah, so um, many. Yeah. Um, Come on, Google, you can sort this out, man. Stop it's a, a it's dick. an easy fix. It's stupid that this is an issue, and like now it's it's cancelled Terraria on Google Stadia. For all three people who are excited anyway, so it's okay. for, for that. <laughs> um, ridiculous. Google is a ridiculous company. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, wow. I put a lot of stuff in here, didn't I? Ratchet really and Clank <laughs> Rift Apart launches June 11th on PS5. Uh, Insomniac Games. Uh, this is sorry. This is from Ryan Gilliam over at Polygon. He writes: Insomniac Games will launch Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, the gang's first new adventure in years, five to be exact, 
On June 11th, exclusively for PlayStation 5, the studio announced on Thursday. Originally revealed on June 11th, 2020, a year prior to its release date, the game will be available in a standard edition for $69.99 and a digital deluxe edition for $79.99. Insomniac had said during Gamescom last summer that Rift Apart would debut in the PS5's launch window. Seven months is a rather expansive window, the PS5 arrived in mid-November, but it's possible that Sony wants to hold off on releasing one of its highest-profile PS5 exclusives until the console is more readily available for customers to buy. In a blog, in a PlayStation blog post, Insomniac that Insomniac said that Rift Apart is a brand new full-length adventure. It appears the studio has learned its lesson from last year's unclear announcement of the spin-off game Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. After they clarified it up, it wasn't that hard to understand. But okay. No, but let's um, be fair. There was a day. There was that like entire twenty-four hours where no. Oh one yeah, I know. But on. they did come out and clear it up though at the same they time. They did. But this is an improvement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is an improvement. Yes. <laughs> uh, but oh yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah, I've been looking forward to seeing when this game's going to come out. Even though I won't be able to really play it, unless Sammy wants to lend me a PlayStation Five. She's shaking her head, ladies and gentlemen, if you're an audio listener. <laughs> um, so that's not happening. But no, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, fantastic. Hopefully this is an easy, high 80s points for me in Open Critic and everything like that for me. But um, Always comes yeah. back to Fantasy Critic with you, doesn't it? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, this is... Uh, well, I'm over the moon for this. I can understand what they are. I, I kind of agree with what the article saying that that um seven month is a rather expansive window but i do believe that probably because they're wanting to get the sony's probably wanting to get more playstations out there nah sony always releases again well not always sony always tries to release a game in the summer right like yeah this is a thing that they do um like who even knows how many playstations people are gonna have so, so this i think is i think we we've, we've been saying this for a while look it's it's but very I think easy this, i think this puts in the puts puts a stamp on the thing of that ladies and gentlemen god of war ragnarok is not this year oh, at all no 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 like the the fall game for playstation is horizon gran turismo two. and gran turismo no no not and gran turismo it's just gran oh you turismo. just think gran turismo <laughs> I do. do you think her oh, so you still think horizon's gonna get pushed to 2022 yeah, i do yeah damn that'd be a bonkers year though if horizon god of war come out in 2022 oh yeah damn, big that, stuff. that'd be a sexy year okay. it would be a sexy year I still think Horizon will come out this year. But yeah, no, I remember yeah, God of War um, and Spider-Man both came out in the same year as well. That, and, that we don't, sexy, yeah. and we don't even categorize that as a particularly strong year. <laughs> overall. Like, overall, <laughs> that wasn't a particularly strong year. Um, yeah, no. The thing about the PlayStation 5s and, like, people having them, like, it's very simple to work out, Mooney. PlayStation 5 is the record-breaking, most successful-selling PlayStation launch of all time that nobody can buy. It's that yeah, because scalpers buy them all. <laughs> it's that simple. Because <laughs> everyone who bought one was a scalper, and that's what made it so record-breaking. <laughs> like, I fucking hate the world sometimes, I really do. Um, I'm not a scalper, by the way. This is This was paid for an RRP. I mean, when fucking places like CEX are still being like, hey, we'll give you like 700 quid for your PS5. like, And we'll sell it for 800 quid. we'll sell it for 800 and not just like... <laughs> ah, 
never good as CEX, ladies and gentlemen, who like to be called as sex, just so you know. Because yeah. I did have a job interview that with is years thing. ago. That is, no, that is yeah, a thing. They, they prefer to be called sex. Because they're, they're edgelords. <sighs> I don't know why I was about to take a sip. As I was literally about to read the headline for the next thing, I was like, somehow I was going to inhale the water <laughs> while reading the headline. <laughs> I don't know what my brain was doing there. I think you really just need to say the, say the title and then we can just get over it and just move no, no, on to I'm the next time. I'm going to read the story. Oh, Look, right, if there was a sniff of a dino crisis rumor kicking around, you'd make me read the thing out. No, I wouldn't, actually. <laughs> yeah, you would. I would literally just say, say the diet byline and just let me go celebrating with popping the champagne and everything. <laughs> Hi, horse. <laughs> Silent Hill interview pulled from YouTube after composer seemingly teases new entry. This is from Stephen T. Wright over at GameSpot. Who writes? Heh. <laughs> Who writes? Because his, cause his name is Stephen Wright. Who, who writes? <laughs> Silent Hill fans were overjoyed when longtime series composer Akira Yamioka seemed to tease a new entry in the series in a recent video interview. However, the clip was later taken down by the original publisher Al Hub, who simply said that they were that they were asked to remove the clip by an unspecified party. In the clip, Yamioka stated that he was working on a new project that would be announced this summer and specifically said, quote, I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about, end quote. This would seem to indicate the Silent Hill series, since Yamioka is closely associated with that franchise. News of the clip's removal prompted some to point at Konami as the party who asked Al Hub to take down, given that the company has quashed similar rumours before. However, Konami told multiple sources, including Push Square, that they didn't communicate with Al Hub, suggesting that perhaps Yamioka himself asked them to take it down. Silent Hill rumours have swirled for years at this point, with Konami outright stating last year that rumours of a Silent Hills reboot were not accurate. Recently, an unknown fan bought SilentHill.com as a response to the popularity of a certain Resident Evil Village character. Excuse me a second. SilentHill.com <laughs> Alright. Uh-huh. I see, I see what you did there. Very clever. Um, more Silent Hill rumors. Well, it's going to get announced this year, and we know it is. I mean, we said that last year, and that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> SilentHill.com. Yeah. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Respect. Respect. <laughs> I'm just pausing now for everybody who heard my reaction, then heard your reaction, and is listening to this podcast. Has gone, everyone to go and has check, gone yeah. to SilentHill.com, and I'm just letting them get it out, get like get the laughter oh, out of their system. Respect. Um, okay. And what does it say? 99 percent sure they're gonna get they're gonna get an announcement of Silent a new Silent Hill game this year. I mean, I'm I hope right so. Now. Like, I'm 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 numb to Silent Hill rumors at this point. Like there was one a couple That's of right. weeks ago, and I was just like, I'm not even going to entertain that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's not happening yeah. anymore. Like the only reason I'm entertaining this one is because it was literally something that Akira Yamioka, the composer of the Silent in on the Silent Hill series, said out loud. Yeah. On a video, like. Yeah. <laughs> like at that point, the, at this point, that's the level you have to reach. To get me to pay attention. <laughs> the person who's worked on the actual games before gets my attention. That'll get my attention. Some insider comes out and says, my dad's uncle's 
first cousin's newborn works at Konami and <laughs> says <laughs> and and he says that Silent Hills coming out in 2021 and it's going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro and it's going to star Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> It's gonna be, I would watch that. It's going to be Marvel silent game, <laughs> all in black and white. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin's going to be the main pie guy. Like, <laughs> and it's going to be a, a visual novel. Like, I don't know. Fucking fuck, fucking Silent Hill rumors. Just stop. Just give me the game. Just give the me thing the is, though, ladies and gentlemen, give me the game, please, God. When we watch it during E3. And she sees the game, you will all hear her scream. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> like, when I actually see the game, like, I'll lose my, my shit. But right now, I'm just sick of the rumor mill. That's fair. I can understand that. You know, do you have it? Times for games out next week, ladies and gentlemen. And you only have two games that are coming out next week because Amy put a third one in there. Which I've spoken to the developer. It says no, it's not coming out this year. This is next week. It's coming out later on. Ha! I deleted it. She doesn't even know I did that. I did. It tells Damn me it. when someone edits the document. <laughs> February sixteenth, Fallen Legions Re- Renovance. Revenants. Revenants. Thank you. PlayStation Four and a Nintendo Switch. The world is covered in. Neaton me me some miasma miasma that that's a, a yeah what the hell does mia miasma mean no it's in a lot of japanese games no, the, it's in Neo, uh, I think. the, uh, <laughs> the remnants of mankind have taken refuge in a floating castle ruled by a madman that sounds like what's happening in the world right now but okay swap between the cinematic political political politician illusion and the vengeful ghost Rowan. Rowena. Okay. And makes, thank you, uh, makes political maneuvers in the castle above as you fight off the monsters in the wastelands below. God, that was wordy. Nothing coming out on February 17th, please, or on February 18th. But on February 19th, Voyage. Well, on PC, to find their way home, to survivors' journey to unravel the mysteries of the past. Nice. See, that's not wordy. That's simple. It's to the point. Not too blah 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 blah. It's like talking to one of my teachers. Uh-huh. Yo, the feedback you give me is just too wordy. Just simplify it. Dumb it down. How do I do this? <laughs> like when describing a game, though, I feel like you do need to go into a little bit more detail than one sentence. I like that. Simple, to the point. What kind of game is it? It's a PC game. <laughs> uh-huh. are you, are you, do you have any interest in this game based on what you know of it? Which is PC game. That's the single, all we need to know. The single sentence that's on here. I used to do this when I used to do this on my Xbox and me when Fixer would read out the game and game um, descriptions <laughs> yeah, um, I for, for new, new games, and I would just be like, "That's terrible. That's a terribly written." <laughs> explanation for a game like you meant you meant to sell me on this game right <laughs> sold me on by having one sentence you need to actually tell me <laughs> I about the game for giving me one sentence you need to actually tell me about the game but see now i'm going to be disappointed if in the weekly review not 
this next one coming up on Monday, but the one after it, if you haven't played this game. <laughs> Just to spite me. <laughs> you gave me a code for it, eh? Look cool. Oh, yeah, sure, because that's the thing. Yeah. Don't even know he's publishing it. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't play Open Critic Head to Head. This is the game where every single week, myself and Mooney will try to guess the Open Critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever gets as closest gets one point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. And last week, we tried to guess the open critic average of Little Nightmares 2. Where we both based our guesses on what Moody said the open critic average for the first game was before he then checked later and turns out he was wrong. Um... (laughs) My plan worked! So I guessed it would get a 69. Rudy guessed it would get a 70. Uh, and Little Nightmares, through to, hmm, Little Nightmares 2 at the time of recording has an open critic average of 83, which means that Moody gets the point, which puts the current scars at Amy 2, Moody 1 with one draw. I've the fight back is on, ladies and gentlemen. I guess closest on the medium and werewolf. Moody gets closest, obviously, on Little Nightmares 2. And the draw was Hitman 3. I've been playing Little Nightmares 2 today. Have you got your copy, have you? Yeah. I'll talk more about like it the, on Monday. You didn't like the first one, so... I'll talk more about it on Monday. Oops. That's why I'm playing it, right? <laughs> I'm well, my copy says it's not coming until next week. It says it doesn't release for physical until the 19th. Oh, no, I bought one. I bought oh, it. you bought one. It's only one, 25 quid, so I bought it. I won't lie, I was tempted to buy it on PC, so I was like, hmm, I might do that. Um, yeah. You totally, I set myself up for a, for a, for a punchline there, and then you interrupted, so I'm not going to do the punchline. This uh, week, we're guessing the, the open give critic. Us punchline, give us the punchline, give us the punchline. It's, it's, the, the, it's gone, the moment passed. This week, we're guessing the open critic average of Fallen Legion Revenants. Do either of us know what this game is? No. Did Moody have trouble pronouncing it? Yes. But, you know, that's the fun part of the game. We can do a game that neither of us knows anything about, and one of us will be right. Who? One of us will be close. Who knows? (laughs) Moody, what do you think the open critic average of Fallen Legion Revenants is going to be? I thought you'd frozen there. <laughs> I was no. like, oh, right at the end. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't have to edit anything. Now I do. <laughs> I'd just pretend to be you. Six. <laughs> <laughs> wow, William, that's really low. Single digits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in between two numbers here. We're in between two numbers. So, trying to think here. So, okay. One day uh, I'm going to guess 100 just for the memes. <laughs> it's technically possible. That's true. That's true. Ocarina of Time has a 99 on Metacritic. It does. It does. It does. I'm going to stick with what I had last week 70. Seven zero. That's what I was going to say. 
So now I'm stuck between two numbers. Um, what, 71 or 69? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, God damn it. Let me re- I'm going to reread this this I'm going to reread this this description here. The world is covered in miasma. A floating castle swapped between a charismatic politician and a vengeful ghost. Political maneuverings in the castle as you fight off monsters in the wasteland below. Like uh, Oh, I'm not stalling for time. That's all. Oh, interesting. Um, That is literally all of the information. Genre, adventure, action, role-playing. I'm going to do the same thing you did and say the same number. Because funny. <laughs> 69. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 70 versus 69 again. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't do Persona 5 Strikers because those reviews came out super early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super, super early. Um yeah, like I was surprised. I was like, wait, there are reviews of Persona 5 Strikers? When's that come out? And it's like, oh yeah, it comes out in fucking ages. <laughs> um, so confident they are. <laughs> let's get pretty good reviews. So. Yeah, it is. Uh... Um, I don't know what I'm going to do play next week. Because like, I'm not, I have no interest in the games that are coming out. Um, yeah. So I might, I might play some early access games. I have a few that I've never touched. I downloaded Grounded. I was playing Grounded with a friend the other day. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> so what happened was, you know, I've got a ton of games installed on my Xbox, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And the, like, I have the setting ticked on my Xbox, which is like, keep please keep my games up to date at all times so that I can play them whenever I want to. So when I met up with my friend and she was like, what should we play? And I was like, I don't know. What games have you got installed? Meet her. And she went, oh, what about Apex? And I clicked it. 50 gigabyte update. <laughs> what about Halo? The Master Chief Collection. And I clicked that. 40 gigabyte update. What about Monster Hunter World? Nah, I had to delete it. <laughs> to make space for something. I don't remember. Um, And literally, like... I clicked Halo 5, and I was like, that doesn't have an update. We could play that. And she was like, yeah, no, I don't really want to play Halo 5. And I was like, yeah, fair. Um, and then and then it was like, my best option was literally to download an entirely different game. Because that was, like, going to take 20 minutes as opposed to, like, five hours um, <laughs> to update a different game. So I was like, okay, well, we play Grounded then. So we play Grounded. <laughs> legit like fuck modern video games fuck patches and fuck my (laughs) xbox which i've told multiple times to make sure all of my games are always up to date and it never fucking does all we could do this sammy for next week i'm not doing mass effect i'm not doing mass effect i wasn't even thinking about mass effect even though you're always thinking about mass effect i do like i do i do i do i do i've been looking at the game voyage uh-huh. You can play it cooperatively. Oh, it's on God, Steam. Kind of 
And it looks like an aiming game. It's cutesy art style. We can go halves. We can go halves? But if it's a cost game, one. don't we need to buy a copy each? Oh, Smeg, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. I forgot about that loophole. <laughs> I, forgot about that I forgot about not loophole, that gag order. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, yeah. it does. The thing is, it doesn't tell you the price. That's <laughs> the oh. They're hiding it from us, anyway. No, indie games generally don't have pre-purchase. So they don't yeah. generally don't have a price. You gotta think it's possible. What can be about ten or fifteen pound? Or with a friend to guide two survivors and explore the world of voyage in a seamless cooperative experience. Seek answers in a mysterious, wordless journey, non-violent, with an emphasis on exploration of violence. Voyage can be enjoyed by anyone. Um, could stream it together. Hold hands and everything. It's against the <laughs> law. Um, That's true. <laughs> <laughs> she said, Thank you, the law. <laughs> oh. The full controller support, unlike Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 do as original PCs games. <laughs> That's why we play these games on consoles. I know. Well, that's why I have bought, bought the Legendary Edition on PC because it has full time, full control support this time. I played, I tried Mass Effect 1 on, on PC as on keyboard and mouse. Oh, oh, that's clunky as hell. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but I've still got Andromeda installed on my PC because that has full control support. So I'm tempted to go back to Andromeda, Amy. Yeah. Using a controller on Andromeda is going to be the only reason why it doesn't feel as clunky as Mass Effect 1. There's not another reason why Mass Effect 1 felt clunky. <laughs> oh, the shade from Amy tonight. I mean, it's not shade, it's just, it's just a fact. <laughs> I like Mass Effect 1, like, really a lot, but yeah, it is a clunky game. It's clunky. Oh, yeah, just, I don't deny that. No, like, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to see what they've done to it. They're saying, like, they've done a lot of significant things to it, so what? hopefully the gameplay is more tighter and everything. That They did say they've messed around with the gameplay and everything, so... So I've clicked on... I clicked on Twitter, right? Because I was like, oh, I'll check out the developer on Twitter and see if they've... a Voyage. And see if they've, like, put the price up for... The game. You found out they're, they're sexist, racist, some of you. No, I haven't. Um, my Twitter UI... I think it's in Gaelic now. I'm not even kidding. Um... I want to see if I can show this because this is this has never happened to me before. Like the look at the UI on the side where it's supposed to say home and notifications. Oh and yeah, messages. Have you been hacked? <laughs> no, I, I think the yeah. Uh... Have the hackers got bored and decided to hack you? <laughs> and all they've done is change change Twitter <laughs> to Gaelic. I think it's Gaelic. Also, Twitter in general. I'll, I don't have a Twitter, but I can still get on Twitter. So let's see what it comes up with. Uh, what's happening? That's coming up with English on my end. So weird. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. It's throwing me off, though. Um, <laughs> I'm checking it into Google Translate now. I want to see what it says. Irish. <laughs> it's Irish. Okay. Um, 
I think it's because the Twitter the this hang on, I think this Twitter page was originally in it. So the Twitter feed I think is in Irish. Um like their tweet their tweet their tweets are in Irish. And I think what it's done is it's it's for some reason Twitter has detected I'm on an Irish Twitter account and it's gone, you must want to read the rest of Twitter in Irish. Because I've just gone to twitter.com and it's it's fine now. <laughs> Sing in English again. Uh, oh, that was a journey. That was a journey indeed, Amy. But yay or nay on voyage. <laughs> um, so, we should end the podcast now. Yeah, Sorry. let's watch the end the podcast before we decide <laughs> on things. For our lives in the future. For yeah, future I've, you and me. For yeah, future I've, Moody and Amy. I've got an early job. start again tomorrow. Like. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't. I'm off now. I went back for one week. <laughs> and they got sick of me already. <laughs> <laughs> and they said to have half term now. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> if you were truly sick of me, Amy, you would have replaced me by now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still oh, joke incredibly about it. lazy. I'm still all. allowed to joke about it, right? Hmm? I'm still out joke about it. I'm still going to joke about one, really. Well, hell yeah, hell yeah. And I also am pretty fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is going to do it for episode 243 of the Words About Games podcast. I need to go pee, so we're gonna we're gonna motor on through this house and get the fuck out of here. Let's not talk about war crimes next week. Please, video game industry, give me that one at least. <laughs> oh, sexist companies, bullies, I mean, I don't ask for too much. vile peoples in general. Let's just talk about video games and go, yay! Like on yay. Monday, we'll certainly be talking about video games on Monday. So. Yes! Come check that out. I'm going to pee my pants. Yes. So let's say, see you later. <laughs> see you later, alligator. And she's legging it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>